0: what's up y'all welcome to the ride share rodeo uber Lyft driver and gig economy news sponsored by uberliftdrivers.com liftdrivers.com rideshare with para.com i'm your host sj let's get it on all right so a little confusion over the year anniversary um my bad. If you <laughs> if you go to Podbean, which is where we host, you can see that the first podcast was dropped on uh, May fifth, twenty twenty. The confusion there lies in that two reasons. One, on April twenty ninth, I did post a podcast last year, but it was in uh, it was done in an AAC format, so it only appeared on. Apple podcast. So I went and I deleted it and then it was reposted the following week. Um, so that was May 5th. So if you go back to our actual start date, it's May 5th, um, on all of the count of our, uh, views and, or listens and whatnot. But also, uh, if you look by the time that we get to next week, that will be episode 55, And as far as all of us know, there's only 52 weeks in a year. But that confusion also lies in the first two weeks of the podcast. I did five podcasts before I was on just a weekly for Tuesday drops. So next Tuesday will actually be the year anniversary. Um, Jason and I, uh, Jason was... Um, we were going to have our conversation on this week's podcast, but I'm going to run through a little bit of news this week and then next week is the year anniversary. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try and get that into that into next week. Um, at the end of today's podcast, uh, make sure to listen. I have one of Denver's best musicians, hands down um recorded a song that will i'll be using a portion of for the new intro uh moving into year two so uh a couple of things one thing that um you know jason asked me a question and this is something i just really want to address because um it kind of caught me off guard a little bit you know he said um you know where so where do you see year two going and it's really confusing because with year one I had, inter, you know, I had, inter, we started with PUA and the CARES Act and helping people and, and gig workers and gig platform workers to acquire that. And that went on for a couple months. And also during that, we started talking about independent contractor versus um, employee status. And this is way early days. This is May last year, you know, of of the vote in November for Prop 22 and all this in California. And all that's transpired there, I think, feel like we've been following that since the beginning when we followed it around the world. We followed it to London. We've included other people from London, other podcasters, other drivers who have given us their take as well. And um, so we really have been in the in the mix of that conversation. I think that really helped to grow us. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, we've had some amazing interviews. I mean, I can't be more thankful to the guests we've had Um, I'm not even going to list them off next week. I will (laughs) for the year anniversary. I will absolutely spend the time and plugs to thank everybody who's been a part of this, but, um, you know, through the years or through the year, it was constantly something new. And I feel like sometimes it went on for a couple weeks. So we'd, you know, we'd help drivers. Then we'd do this. Then we, then we were talking about, um, some with Paris stuff and, tools to help drivers and um, stories from the road and just things like that. And we've constantly evolved. And when Jason asked me, where do you see year two going? To be honest, um, (laughs) it's, it's, it caught me off guard. And I I think the answer I gave him really doesn't match up because as I slept on it last night, I thought, okay, well, so rideshare rodeo came during, or started during the, uh, pandemic, but it had been thought about beforehand. And when it was thought about beforehand, it was supposed to be the podcast version of Uberliftdrivers.com, which is now, um, just past its five year anniversary. So, I mean, that, that was a big hurdle. That was a big hit for us. That was a big mark. Um, you know, and now here we are and, uh, you know, six plus year veteran driver with me, um, five years of rideshare or er, of uberlift dot com, and next week one year of rideshare rodeo dot com. And really, when when I go back to before the pandemic, the podcast was supposed to be, you know, um the podcast version of Uberliftdrivers dot com to bring you the news, to discuss it, have people on sometimes, and uh maybe potentially even, um, whenever possible, a co-host. And that is something I think I'd like to look into, you know, um, I've got a couple people, but, um, hopefully maybe, um, you know, at least like a a couple weeks, uh, a month, I could have a co-host in house because I think that would, uh, would, would make for a good conversation as well. Um, but really, Everything we've taken on, it's just been, it. whatever comes up, we take it on. And so, and then we follow it for weeks and we really dive in and get some good news and, and talk to lots of people. And we've spent lots of time over the years, over this last year, talking to drivers, something I haven't had a chance to do before the pandemic. Um, but anyway, so I think moving forward to answer that question correctly for Jason, the real answer is... Uh, to be the podcast version of uberliftdrivers.com and to make sure that gig economy workers can listen to this in their car and be up-to-date with important information and news and, you know, stories of just what's happening out there, too. But, I mean, like, really be on top of the PRO Act. Understand it. Um, You know, the national version of AB5. Things like this. These are all very important. So... This week, we're going to run through a little bit of news. The last few weeks, I've ran over. And I know last week, we had a great podcast with uh, great special guests. I mean, I can't thank them enough. That was It was as much fun for all of us as it was for the listeners that um, I did hear back from who said, great podcast, and I appreciate that. Thank you, guys, for all your support. Um, but it was as much fun for us. You know, it was Ron, com put out a, a tweet that said, uh, you know, how much fun was this? A bunch of guys talking shop. We need to do this more. And it really was. It was, uh, but I mean, there was a good conversation. There was a lot to be taken out of it. If you're entering or in the gig economy, especially the app based gig world. Um, so go back and listen to last week's episode for sure. This week, I think I'm just going to hit on a little bit of news and, uh, sorry about the confusion, but next week will be the year anniversary and, uh, We'll have some. We'll have some fun. Um, moving into year two, another question I was asked by Jason. I'm gonna try and answer right now is, you know, he was asking me, you know, what's your runtime, and or you know, what what is your runtime trying to be? And so I told him, you know, we've have, you know, we've been on the hour fifty side of things. I don't think we've never hit two hours, but we've been hour forty, hour fifty, or I've been twenty five minutes with just some news that week, whatever and he's you know he was saying and he's been doing podcasting a long time he does a few podcasts and he was saying that's no problem as long as you are you know you know you're a weekly podcast and you've always dropped yours weekly so that's you're meeting that criteria which is all that needs to be met you know if that time changes that's fine he goes you know people like an idea and so i think that and i know that i think that what i'm shooting for here now is on weeks i do news you know 30 to 40 minutes um Depending if I have a co-host or things like that, but if I'm just doing news thirty to forty minutes and if if we have an interview um, fifty to seventy minutes and really trying to keep it between there but with the interviews it's it's tough sometimes it's just it's not tough to cut somebody off um, but sometimes I feel like we're talking about something that you know needs to be finished so you know while we have them, why not finish it if it's just a few more minutes because you can always you know, finish the podcast another time or just, you know, get through the (laughs) extra seven minutes or whatever. But those are going to be my targets and really you should always count on the Rideshare Rodeo podcast to bring you the news in the Uber, Lyft driver, gig economy, um, app-based and non-app-based sometimes world and just what's up for all of us things you should know you know and where we can help you and whatnot and and we'll just keep it going from there but that's that's what i that's what i like and uh and yeah i think that all of you have liked that too and i know that everybody's flowed with this great and i have too and i gotta say that might not be the case that's just going to be the 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 meat of it you know every week we'll have some news you know if there's a if there's a guest then there's a guest and uh I don't want to change that the groove of what's happened in the last year because I feel like it's been really good and I feel like you guys have been very positive in your feedback about how you feel about the the podcast and I appreciate that you know most of I mean everything we do is single take we never go back and and fix something or so I mean if if we stumble it's it's live or or if it's pre-recorded we stumble through it and if we have a guest we stumble through it together but uh yeah let's move into a little news here so um i'm gonna play a clip and come back on the other side of this one because i think we're all familiar with this but um yeah let's take a listen
1: bitten, and scratched on the job. A Bay Area Uber driver is recovering from a vicious assault. A drunk passenger is accused of attacking that driver this past weekend in St. Petersburg. Eight on your size, Justin Shecker joining us live from the Pinellas County Jail. And Justin, you have some exclusive pictures to show us.
2: That's right, Keith and Stacy. Good evening to you both. A witness who asked to remain anonymous showed me disturbing cell phone video she started recording after spotting that Uber driver in distress. Well tonight she's sharing with eight on your side images from what deputies describe as an unprovoked attack. With his hands up, this Uber driver is heard saying multiple times, I can't breathe, as deputies say 55-year-old Michelle Stilwell is choking him from the back seat. Another witness photo shows the bite mark on the back of his neck from the attack late Saturday afternoon in St. Petersburg. Pinellas County deputies arrested Stilwell and booked her into jail on charges of aggravated battery and tampering with a witness. Both are felonies. Deputies write as the driver tried to call 911, Stillwell smacked the phone out of the victim's hand and she continued to bite, scratch, and strangle him by the throat. According to the arrest reports, deputies indicated they believe Stillwell was intoxicated. The witness video lasts for more than two and a half minutes before the driver is able to break free and get out of the car. At the end, Stillwell is seen crawling into the driver's seat. And by early Sunday morning, jail record shows still had bonded out. Tonight, 8 On Your Side went by her home looking for her side of the story. A man sitting outside told us no comment. We're live tonight in Pinellas County. I'm Justin Shecker, 8 On Your Side. a oh,
1: psychologist because it, it really was like
0: emotionally traumatizing for me.
1: That Uber driver says he was scratched, strangled, and bitten by his passenger. And today, he shared details about his horrifying experience exclusively with 8 On Your Side. Christine McClarty joins us live from Pinellas County. You can tell he is still shaking, that driver, Christine.
3: He really is. He says the whole 10-minute experience will stay with him for life. He says that he was in the driver's seat of the Uber when the passenger sitting right behind him lunged forward and began strangling him. 22-year-old Michael Hasse Jr. says around 5 o'clock Saturday night, he responded to a ride request in front of Cask Social Kitchen in Tampa.
0: I called the Uber for my
1: mother. Uh, Can you please get her home safe?
3: Hasse Jr. says 55-year-old Michelle Stilwell was asleep most of the ride until a few blocks from her home in unincorporated St.
1: Pete. Starts screaming some curse words at me, slaps me in my face.
3: Screaming my daughter while scratching, strangling, and biting him. Deputies believe Stillwell was intoxicated.
0: It's like like reliving a horror movie.
3: He wants to know why. We went to Stillwell's home for answers. The big question: why the attack happened on Saturday? No answer.
1: Uber. It- is who I was driving for at the time, has not done a single thing.
3: Hassey Jr. says he's called Uber and is disappointed that no one has reached out. Eight on your side, reached out on his behalf, an Uber spokesman responded saying, what's been described is disturbing. Violence of any kind is not tolerated on the Uber app and we immediately removed the rider's access as soon as this was reported to us.
1: My biggest takeaway is I'd stay away from Uber.
3: A welder by trade, Hasse Jr. says for him, driving Uber isn't worth the extra cash. And Stillwell was booked into jail on two felony charges. We spoke with some of her neighbors today who say this was very out of character for her. They say that she's a nurse and we did check with the Florida Department of Health and a woman by her name does have a nursing license. Reporting live in Pinellas County, Christine McClarty, 8 on your side.
0: So they found uh, a, pers- a a nurse who works um by that name I'm sure it is her I would really hope her, her nursing certificate is being looked at and I'm sorry to laugh at this um but I just when I first heard of it I thought that it was intoxicated now it seems like it's not sure and um you know the again a very concerning thing we always hear about passengers like I always say on the podcast, we always hear about passengers who, um, you know, some, if something happens to them, we hear about it for weeks. Local, national, whatever. When things happen to drivers, you might catch a glimpse in your local news of what happened for a day, and then it's buried. Um, they don't really want to talk about that. Um, problem is, is there's, there's always been an overflow of driver assaults but i think that since the pandemic we've even seen it more um i know lately there's been just every week there's something happening to drivers and there's a lack of drivers out there as we know um so i you know it's 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 very scary uh and you know i the the response also if you heard it by uber um that uh This, the, you know, the scene as described is very disturbing. You know what? It's not as described Uber. You have the video, the driver had dash cam footage rolling. You have the video. You've seen how disturbing it is. So don't, don't make it sound like, you know, you got an email about it and you know, from the email, it sounds horrible. You saw the video. It is horrible. This guy got ripped up. And, I mean, literally, the the hold he's in looks awful. The um, the person from the back seat's right behind him, and she's putting all her weight on choking him against his headrest using two-hand. You know, she's got her hands interlocked with one her forearm across the guy's throat, pulling it from the back while sticking her knee into the seat and leaning back. I mean, we can all, just from that description probably, understand how painful that is. If you haven't seen it, um I'll put a link up on the uh linear notes so that you can take a look. But yeah, it was I mean, it was just there's no two ways around it. This was a blatant attack and it was pretty brutal. So um you know our our you know our sympathy goes out to all the drivers right now that are getting assaulted. I mean, some are getting assaulted. There was one in New York who just you know, randomly some, peop- some uh, you know, a group of people just beat on him and take him out of the car. It wasn't even to do anything more. Um, it's just, it's crazy out there, you know. Um, and that's really uh, <laughs> all I can say. Um, moving forward a little bit here. So, this is the piece I really wanted to hit on this week. Is that, um, so, rideshare passengers are coming back strong. Okay, we're seeing a lot of people come back, and drivers aren't coming back at anywhere near that pace. And when I say anywhere near, I mean anywhere near that pace. Um, in many cities, I, somebody has sent me a screenshot from uh California even this week, okay, where it's where the 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 rider app, the passenger app. Was open and when they opened it, it said, Check back in 15 minutes. If you try right now, um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, You might not get a ride. Um, when before on earth have we ever heard that? I mean, the problem has always been an overflow of drivers. Now there aren't enough and the people are coming back strong. So, what does this mean for ride share? Um, let's listen to. Uh, um, a quick news story, and then we'll come back and talk about this a little bit more on the other side.
1: Closing on the pandemic, more people are buckling up, feeling safe to use Uber or Lyft. If I try to get a driver now, I'm waiting a lot longer than I ever did before. Instead of owning a car, Laquan Bonsu orders ride shares almost every day and used to save money. One of the main things you've noticed over the last month, the price increase in the wait times. I might pay 25 30 bucks. Now it's 60, 70 dollars. Drivers are not wanting to take some some trips. Drivers tell me there are definitely less drivers working a shortage but if you look back a lot has changed the last few months. Drivers uh, they're the pandemic unemployment and so they don't have to drive. So you're thinking drivers have just lost their incentive to work? Without some sort of surge or prime time the drivers are actually losing money.
3: Drivers for the most part, are really getting fed up with Uber and Lyft. And charging, a, you know, a, pass, a customer $140 for a ride, but the driver gets six.
1: Neither Lyft or Uber admit to a driver shortage, but they say demand is up as more people get vaccinated for COVID-19. Both companies say they're offering incentives to bring in new drivers. We see a price increases. Our drivers also noticing a pay bump.
3: Uber and Lyft are charging much higher rates to the passengers, so much so that the passengers don't have enough money to tip. So the drivers aren't making any money, plus they're not making any tips, um, which makes it not worth it.
1: Rasha, there are quite a few other factors at play here, too. Both drivers also mentioned higher gas prices could be causing this as well.
3: And Matthew, I know that...
0: So as you can see... um this is what we. This is what we've been talking about a lot. Is that, <clears throat> excuse me, if if rideshare is coming back and they can't get drivers back out there. I mean, now remember, Uber has a two hundred and fifty million dollar campaign going right now, strictly to bring drivers onto the platform. They have um, guarantees in some cities, you know, of three to four thousand dollars plus for drivers, new drivers to do. Um, 100 rides in 30 days that's when i came on that's what it was it was like 110 rides in 30 days so i mean that's really a no-brainer especially if the rides are there and if you're willing to do them so i mean there's a ton of money to do this right now um and it seems like it's pretty much in every market we talk about market to market a lot but it is in every market now um You know, the, one of the, one of the bigger concerns I see is that a lot of people switch to delivery, um, and, and, you know, it's allowed them to not have to deal with people and just to deliver. And so, you know, is that, is that sustainable? Um, I think that, I I think the delivery market before the pandemic was awful for all of these companies, Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, they saw what could be in the future, but um, it really never was playing out. I mean, again, it, it just like rideshare. There, you know, rideshare got swamped and overflowed with w- overloaded with drivers, too many. So they made it a lot harder in a lot of markets. Now they're begging drivers to come back. A lot of drivers, a lot of new people came onto the food delivery on-demand platforms, but a lot of drivers just simply switched over. You know, during the pandemic, to I don't want to drive passengers, but I'll drive food. Made a lot of money. I think that the I think the companies Doordash, Uber Eats, the bigger ones. I think they are going to continue to do very, very well. I don't think that they will sustain the numbers they've had through the pandemic. I think that we're about. I think we're right on the cusp of seeing that dip happen too. Um, And again, I I think it'll be gradual, and I think it will taper off it won't bomb it will get to a point where it's pretty consistent because people have liked the you know liked the, the delivery platforms for many whatever their own reasons are um you know there's something to be said for how much you're spending at your favorite restaurant now if you're vaccinated or you know you're wearing a mask or whatever and you're willing to now go to your favorite restaurant and pick it up yourself and you know that a meal used to cost $40 for you and and one you know for two people but when you get Uber Eats it's 67 well you know, maybe you're willing to do pick it up yourself now. And I, I that 67 is just, I mean, it could be 57, let's say, but it's probably more like 60. I mean, probably really paying again. Um, we've seen the tips decrease for delivery, uh, for app-based delivery drivers, for sure. In the beginning, for the first, you know, eight to 10 weeks of the pandemic starting in, in late March to like mid-June. Um, of two thousand and twenty we saw skyrockets, and we saw fifty cash hundred cash dollar tips um, and people were and i 'm not just talking about like one in a million i 'm talking about like you know twenty to fifty being pretty regular in in those ten weeks in the beginning, and that 's when they were onboarding or switching over a lot of drivers so yeah, I mean there was a lot of money to be had i think that 's going to taper off some i mean it already has. <laughs> Excuse me, but I think it 's going to taper off even more. Um, I think there 's going to be too many drivers doing delivery, and i don 't think that some will, but i don 't think a lot of rideshare drivers are willing to switch back yet. Those platforms have to underperform the food food platforms before drivers are really going to feel the incentive to come back. the money 's there. Um, almost in in a lot of cities, they've got the multiplier going again, um, in some cities not, but even if not, they've got huge incentives, um, all kinds of promos running all the time. The kind of things that we always wanted from Uber pre pandemic seem to be happening right now on the platform. You can make a lot of money like we used to back in the day. Um, the caveat there being that. Those drivers who are veteran drivers like me have switched over to the delivery platforms. And even though they're not earning what they did a year ago when the pandemic first hit, they're still earning good enough to not want to go back to rideshare. So, you know, it's, I think that once, I mean, I see rideshare trying to boost the incentive to come back. But one thing they haven't done is appealed to the veteran drivers. All you're doing, Uber and Lyft, is is trying to onboard new drivers. First of all, we've talked about this over the year a few times. You've onboarded most of the people you're going to get in this country, um, At some point or another, I mean, people have created accounts. They have thought about this, the type of people who would do it, or they've done it. They've stopped. They've done it. They stopped because of the pandemic. They did it very part time. There are so many different factors and reasons, but you've really gone through such a huge pool that I think a big amount of that 250 million should be allocated to veteran drivers who've either switched over to the delivery platforms or um, to veteran drivers who haven't been driving. And as we talked about last week in our our roundtable, you can re-bring somebody back on if their account has been dormant long enough. So as long as they weren't ever kicked off the platform, um, Uber or Lyft, in many cases, at least with Uber, you can re-onboard somebody, kind of. Maybe you know a driver who hasn't drove in a year. You might be able to re-onboard that person, even though they still have an Uber account. So it's, it's really odd but what they're not doing is directly targeting veteran drivers. You come back and we'll do this for you. And that's where I think the big miss is because that's what not only not only are those should those people be incentivized first and get the first chance at a bonus cuz you I mean we are the workforce for you. But also, with these long wait times, you're going to have a lot of upset passengers. You need veteran drivers. You don't need a bunch of newbies who are don't know where they're going as well, still haven't mapped out how they work, are dealing with mask, no mask, You know, having to deal with passengers on that day-to-day basis where only a veteran truly knows what to do in each scenario before you go through it. Um, so you don't want a bunch of newbies out there you know, upsetting the ride the the passenger market even more than it already has been upset. I mean, right now with you're being told in many cities you might not get a car right now, try later. I mean, that's never happened on these platforms ever. And it's happening for the first time and, and it's not happening in city A, B, and C. It's happening in every city, every market. I mean, maybe your market's doing a little better than others. Maybe your ride share hasn't gone back up as quickly yet. Uh, maybe you don't have an international airport, things of that matter. But just like how COVID has, like, gone around the country um, in different waves, all of the markets will come back. But all of them right now need some drivers. Many of the of the markets need many, many, many drivers. And we don't have veteran return yet, so... I don't know why Uber isn't giving veteran drivers bigger promos. I mean, they've given me some options, get back on the platform, get $100 for 3 trips. And I'd heard that from a lot of markets. kept ignoring it. Then it was give a, give 3 trips earn 200, keep the 3 trips. So it wasn't even a make 200 on the 3 trips, which wouldn't happen, or and then we'll make the difference. It was make your 3 trips, keep that money. And we give you $200 just for doing three trips just to get people on the platform. But that's not the kind of incentive the veteran drivers I know want. They're not looking for a little boost for three rides. They're looking for, like, a little more long-term stuff, especially veteran drivers. You know, give us give us a better split. Give us an 80-20 split. Um, you know, give a, a 75-25 split. Work on something like that. Where the drivers might go, huh, okay, if I'm going to get 75 or 75%, I'll go back on the platform. You know, that's, and, and people, if you think that that's, if some of you new newer people to the gig, app-based gig economy think that that's too much to ask, it's really not. Um, when I first signed up for Uber, I was, uh, was it 90, 10 or 85, 15? That was a split that was done in two thousand was it fifteen in two thousand and fifteen when I signed on um, or signed up and started driving that was my split ninety ten or eighty five twenty now at the time they didn 't have to be as transparent as they do now and show all the receipts, but even now that 's its own story because you 've got to dig to find the results of everything, but you can do it um, it 's just annoying. But they didn't have to show that, but it didn't really matter because in the end, the amount we made per hour made it so that you didn't need to see those receipts. Like, hey, man, you know, whatever you're doing seems to be working and I'm making good money. When they started taking out of the pockets of drivers, they started upsetting drivers. And I think that all of us know pre-pandemic for a couple of years, um, that's been building. And that has nothing to do with AB5 or any of that. That's just... Even for us veteran drivers, we didn't like, you know, nobody likes money being taken away. So it was like when they made a change and they'd say, well, we're going to change your rate to this. However, we're going to give you this and this perk and do these bonuses and we're going to take away multiplier, but we're going to give you flat rate bonus so you'll see it when you're in areas. It, they never equaled out. You losing multiplier to flat rate surge. Was not the same amount of money, even though sometimes those flat rate surge amounts looked great, you know you 'd sometimes see like twenty dollars in an area that was um, eight blocks over from you, and between those eight blocks it would say eight dollars and then you 'd drive and almost get to that area and then you would get one that was eight dollars so <laughs> you know the algorithm 's supposed to be that it gives the closest driver the first chance at a ping. But I'm not sure that it always works that way. Sometimes I think that it sees that you're getting into the more expensive zone. And unless they really need you there because that person's been waiting so long, I think there's a little more to the algorithm where it keeps you in the eight and then maybe it gives, you know, some other driver who hasn't been making much money or at least tries to get them to that ride. So I'm not saying it's completely to hurt one driver, but I think it's to try and dish it out a little more over an, um artificial intelligence situation on this platform and the dynamics it runs on is uh, it's all questionable i mean all these things how they they work is questionable so that's personally that's why i always had an hourly amount i need to make this much per hour if that changes i need to change my hours i need to adjust how i'm driving i need to relook at this and i've had to do that a few times but now that's just all from me driving over the years. Now, post-pandemic, and here we are, and it's not quite fully post, but kind of post-pandemic-ish. We're getting there-ish, as, as close as we will anyway. And uh, I just don't see the incentives for, for veteran drivers yet. So driver drought? Yeah, of course, and I would expect it to continue for a while until Uber wants to give real incentives to come back. And not just these guarantees, because also realize, people, that sometimes um, people sign up for Uber. This is pre-pandemic again, too. They sign up for Uber, and then they realize, I don't want to do this. And it has nothing to—maybe they've even had all—nothing but great passengers, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're still like, I don't want to do this. This isn't for me. It's like we've said before, you know, the service industry isn't for everybody. So maybe they've said, this isn't for me. Well, okay. But then now you're onboarding brand new people who this might not be for them, but they're not even going to try and even for a week do it because maybe they're going to get yelled at. Maybe somebody's not going to wear a mask. Maybe somebody's going to choke them from behind. Maybe somebody's going to try and steal their car. Maybe somebody's going to do this, that, and the other. Um, I don't think that this will be the case forever. I mean, there's always passengers getting injured um, or passenger driver incidents that go both ways, passenger to driver or driver to passenger. I think way more often we see uh, passenger to driver things. I mean, that's... And as a driver, I know I've encountered things that I've never reported to Uber, but that have happened to me or things that have happened in the car where I'm like, yo, enough. Like, you got to be able to take charge when you're doing this gig or any gig. But um, Uber, Lyft, you're going to need to come up with better incentives to get people back. I don't know how you, what you do if, if right now when passengers are coming back in droves, if you can't take care of them or you can't, You can't uh, um, get them a car like they're used to with the platforms. I don't know how you're going to come back from them because you're going to upset them. They're going to drive themselves. Um, You know, I don't think it's going to be something that necessarily helps the taxi game. Um, But again, uh, that's just my personal thing on taxis. Uh, You know, nothing, nothing against them if they can make it work. I just, I have never had the best of luck. Um, the payment methods, things of that nature, just always seemed a little odd to me. But um, with Uber, um, you've got the riders back. You've got to get the drivers back. You've got to do it. I mean, if you don't get the drivers back, what's the point? I mean, if you're just going to be upsetting people constantly, and I understand that, um, you know, at, at 2 a.m. every morning here in Denver, if I was driving on a weekend, that's bu- that's last call is over They need to get you out of the bar. And nobody wants to be standing outside. So everybody's going. It's surging like wild. This is during multiplier, non-multiplier, back to multiplier, non-multiplier, whatever. But it's surging like crazy. And you're still having to wait a really long time for a ride. That's different than trying to get to work in the morning and having to wait a long time. Because that's something that here in Denver never happened. I mean, you could always have a car within minutes. Sometimes, yes, it was surging, and you might have to pay that surge price, but wait time was never, ever, ever an issue, ever. So, um, except for like 2 a.m. as something's getting out, or maybe, you know, like if Taste of Denver or the Great American Beer Festival's here, and right as it's ending for the day. I mean, all day during those, you're busy, but as they're ending, it's the busiest uh regardless that's my take on that it's a little concerning uber and lyft need to get way more this 250 million if nothing else shouldn't have gone to new guarantees it should have gone to marketing and strategies on how to bring veteran drivers back and use a lot of that money for that as well because this is ridiculous i mean this is um you know i'm not there i'm not driving but i'm also not a rider either but i i mean i know the wait times are ridiculous um, especially if something's going on, you know, I'm, it's crazy, but, uh, that's it for the week. I just wanted to talk about a few stories. I actually had a couple others that I wanted to hit on, which was, uh, um, I saw Willie Solace who we had on the podcast uh, a few weeks back. He was talking about carjackings for rideshare drivers, um, with NBC, I saw uh, I wanted to get into right to work laws uh, or right to work law states uh, that would be affected by the PRO Act and a couple other things, but we'll hit on them next week. It's the year anniversary, so looking forward to it. Um, Really, no change in the format other than what I said at the beginning, trying to more, you know, make sure we're hitting the news every week, but then still get in you know, whatever's going on at the time, handle that too. So we're going to keep it pretty much how it is, but it's going to, I think that, I think that we've got a groove. It took a year and we've got it. Um, That said, I am out of here. Uh, Next year is the one year anniversary. I am going to sign off today and then play, uh, a song that was recorded by Tori Pater, a local Denver musician who is just amazing, um, singer-songwriter, and uh, um, has been in many Denver bands. Um, Two Ton Moxie, Polytoxic, uh, Always Runs the Last Waltz Revisited. Um, you know, he's he's just um, Henry Parsons Project. He's been in all uh, so many bands across town, and then Dirty Birds, and he's, he's sat in with so many bands. He's so well-known. He's got a great voice. Well, I asked him to do a song for me, and we're going to use part of it for the intro, hopefully starting next week. I just got to get that portion there um, for the intro and how it's going to work. But um, I'm going to play the whole song that he did in its entirety right now as I sign off. Give it a listen. Uh, Let us know what you think. And uh, next week you'll see just a part of it maybe on the intro. And uh, we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo for the one-year anniversary. Peace. (laughs) Peace.